And now it's time for the weekly wrestling review with your hosts, Hal, Jack, and Chaz. This is the first time we're doing the video cast, so for new people that aren't used to us, I'm Hal. I'm Chaz. Oh, I'm Jack. We're going to cover everything from the news to the events themselves, pay views, predictions. We're going to be getting into pretty much everything this week, but it's worth pointing out first. We, we hope everyone's doing okay. Obviously, things aren't the best in the world right now. We barely got this together in the end. We're hoping... This all blows over quick. Oh, hopefully. It's made WrestleMania season definitely a memorable one in some ways. I mean, it's interesting, but also depressing at the same time. To be time. fair, I think it's more upsetting than anything else because, you know, it's... It's, it's taken away the thrill of the WrestleMania yeah, that it gives you. Of course it has, and... I mean, think of think of think of um, everything that you get with the WrestleMania. Yeah. Like you got the access. There's none of that this year. Like it doesn't feel like WrestleMania. Understandably so. There's don't one get me wrong. thing I want to touch on. What is happening with the Hall of Fame ceremony this year? Again, that's another thing that's up in the air. I mean, yeah, I actually I've not seen any news. I haven't exactly. I haven't seen any. There's been no more inductees. There's been literally no talk of Hall of but, Fame. But but if they if they if they're looking to scrap it. For example, it would have been at least good for them to at least sort of put that out there instead mm. of just stop it altogether. Because there are people out there that's, that's thinking the same thing as me. What's maybe, going on with the Hall of Fame? Oh, is it going to happen? Is it not? Because I enjoy watching that. Every, maybe every, just every not year. the ceremony. Maybe. I mean, it might be just the presentation. Just at Mania. the presentation at Mania. Yeah. Them come out. If you think about it, they're they're normally distanced apart anyway when mm. they get called out, so there won't be a problem there. I, I I wonder if they're just all considering options. It's entirely possible they might hold off on ceremony till later on in the year for a different big event potentially maybe SummerSlam if things are a bit more Or We don't know. Maybe make it bigger next year. Maybe. Uh, there's, there's possibility. Everything's up in the air right now. So Yeah, the whole the whole world's up in the air right now. Everything's uncertain. But although we took a few weeks off because we weren't really sure what we were doing here, uh we Honestly, I, I sort of blame myself in even covering the um, events because it seemed like not as much was happening in weekly shows. But ultimately, I think all three of us can agree that, you know, in times like this especially, people need entertainment. And so we're going to do our bit in what the way we can to provide something that people can look at and enjoy. And that's all that we're you know, doing that's, here. That's all it is, just real motivation, because everyone's got to sit at home doing that. Absolutely. And it'll be a nice bit of content for everyone to be able to listen to. And, and it gives us something to and do. And it gives us something to do as well. Absolutely. Like, it so, gives a sense of normality in a world that doesn't seem normal at present. Absolutely. It doesn't, because everything just seems like... I feel like I'm living in a war zone. Like, like it's a war. Essentially, that's what it is. I mean... You're fighting a war against an invisible enemy. Yeah, pretty much. So it's worth knowing there's not really... Usually we would cover news on the show. There's not really a whole lot going on with the speculation on what is or isn't on the card. There's been a lot of rumours about Roman Reigns maybe not even appearing. We do have a card. That may with or may not with be WrestleMania true. being pre-recorded. So yeah. a, 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 as we're actually 
talking this live. WrestleMania has already been done, recorded in this sense, not being there till next week. Yeah. So we're getting lots of reports that Roman Reigns has pulled out of the card, understandably with his cancer history. Yeah. Uh, but there's also been reports of The Miz being taken out through symptoms of coronavirus. There's been Andrade, who yeah. apparently got injured on Raw. So he's pulled out of it with a replacement from NXT taking his place. Um, Cesaro and Oscar have pulled out of WrestleMania along with Rey Mysterio and Dana Brooke, and I didn't even know they were on the card. But then, so I don't. Um, it's it's all. But then this must have all happened in the space of the last couple of weeks, and I'll tell you why this is. Because Oscar was on SmackDown. That's the thing. Roman a lot Reigns, of it's been pre-recorded. Roman Reigns has been promoed as next week. Him yeah. and Goldberg go face to face. The thing, the thing is with that, what they did that when they did that SmackDown, you don't know when that SmackDown recorded. So, yeah. essentially, what's happened is they've recorded next week's Raw, next week's SmackDown, WrestleManias, the following Raw, and the following SmackDown all this week. It's already done. They could have took it out of that SmackDown then. As in, as in when when they edited it, yeah, of course, it, it took it out that. Roman Reigns and Goldberg were going to go face to face. I think that's the issue you've got, just where it's all speculation. Yeah. There's nothing 100% factual. Only the point is, we don't know. No one knows. That's the answer. We don't know until it happens. So, we're going to look through the card that we have, and we're going to just work for it with ourselves, and we'll get back to you when we cover WrestleMania, when it happens. We'll try and keep each other up to date for all of that. So, the only thing worth... Really mentioning news-wise is, again, WrestleMania stuff. We just saw that speculation and such. There's also the fact that it will be held on Saturday and Sunday for anyone who doesn't keep up to date on that sort of news who comes across this. Too big for one night. So it's worth pointing out, which also means there'll be probably two smaller pay-per-views. I don't know exactly what length they'll be. Supposedly, there'll be 16 matches they did say that WrestleMania was going to be a seven-hour extravaganza. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be split three and a half hours a day. I doubt it will be the full seven hours they have planned because you also got to remember they usually have really elaborate entrances. They have guest performances, stuff. And none of that's going to be there. None of that's going to be there. A lot of it's going to be taken out. I say we're probably looking about two to two and a half hour per day, possibly. I mean, if you if you think the way the Raws have gone, it's literally been segment match, yeah. segment match. P- pay-per-views don't tend to have many segments, so we're probably looking at matches back to back. For the most part, yeah. You obviously get the little clips of how we came about to the match, but yeah. I would assume we're just going to get back to back stuff because you can't really do anything else. Yeah, it'll be weird. There'll be no, there'll be no spectacle to WrestleMania here. Hopefully, that will be replaced at least with good substance, good matches, long matches. We can only hope. We need to get something out of WrestleMania because uh, things have been pretty bleak in the lead up to it, unfortunately, due to how things have gone. The funny thing is, this has got to be, even in this current state, the way things have gone, it's got to be the most interesting WrestleMania. Because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You it's don't that, know where like, it's going. See, I think of weird things in the sense of, you know, like, like imagine when this WrestleMania comes out on DVD. How weird that's going to be to watch. For mm. people that haven't watched it live. Or yeah, it'll, it'll live be an live. interesting point in history later down the line. Is it weird that I kind of, like, enjoy watching 
There's no fans in the arenas. There's an interesting atmosphere to it. Do you know what it is as well with me? You hear more. Yeah. You see yeah. more. You see more because I've noticed that... I don't know if any of you have noticed this, but I've noticed quite a few mistakes that they can afford to make because there's no one there watching them. Yeah. You mm. know what I mean? Like I mean, there, there was also there's also been the times where the when, when they go on adverts, there's been people that have been there and spotted that the performers actually stop wrestling through the whole way the whole duration of the advert and a lot of people got a bit salty about that but i mean no one's watching that part of the show no one's there in the crowd yeah. why are they going to continue putting on a show for no one watching and risk getting injured yeah so ross started off with a promo package it starts with paul Heyman talking about brock lesnar the people he's overcome during his WWE career. It's talked about how he was so dominant for so long since his return. Pretty much saying that no one can beat him. There's no way that Drew can beat him, that anyone can. Can I, can I just butt in on one point? Like, so dominant since his return. I think that's underselling Brock Lesnar. Because he's been dominant since he began. That's fair. I mean, he came in, he won the world title within a few months of being in the company. Yeah. He went on to win the Royal Rumble, won King of the Ring, three-time WWE champion. All this in the space of two years. Mm. Not many people, if any, can say they've done that. Yeah, that's fair. Left, came back, and then destroyed every main person in the current roster. So he's pretty much been dominant his whole wrestling career. Yeah. And the segment goes on to Drew McIntyre, who agrees with Paul Heyman. That is, until Drew McIntyre himself came along. He's proven that he can hang with Lesnar by eliminating him in Royal Rumble. And he proved that his ability to overpower Lesnar wasn't just a fluke by coming out on that Raw a few weeks back and just making him look silly. It was Claymore Kick Central, wasn't it? Yeah, it was I mean, we everywhere. talk about Suplex City, but we've got to talk oh, about Claymore Kick Central. Like, it it yeah. came every thick and fast. Every time Brooklyn Lesnar caught a breath, he was kicked in the face. Absolutely. And in Drew's mind, he will become the world champion at WrestleMania. There's sort of an addendum to it with the way Raw starts proper with yeah. Heyman and Lesnar in the ring. Heyman, of course, talks about how we're living in uncertain times that we need some sort of certainty, that we need some sort of stability. And he believes that people can find that in Brock Lesnar. That no matter how hard McIntyre trains, no matter how he prepares, he cannot beat Lesnar at WrestleMania. It's hard to argue. I mean, Brock's credentials is hard to argue with. As much as we can sit here and talk about we don't really like part-timers being your world champions, I, I do get that, but yeah. you can't take away the credibility of Brock Lesnar and what he's accomplished in WWE in such a short time. Uh, even if you put the years together that Brock Lesnar, taking his time off and then bring back and you combine the years he spent, it's still not even 10 years and he's won everything there is to win majorly in WWE. Minus the secondary titles, he attacked it. But every world title you could possibly think of, Brock Lesnar's held at this point. So, how can you really argue with that? He was pretty much one of the first undisputed champions with the proper belt as well, I believe, wasn't he? Exactly. I mean, was, he came just after. Was it Triple H, Hulk Hogan? 
Then Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho no, was the first. I'm talking about with the actual belt, the one belt, when they combined it. Uh, Triple H won it off yeah. Jericho. Hulk Hogan won it off Triple H. And I've been watching it, but I ain't got I ain't got that far into it. I yet, think I think it was uh, um, I think I the Undertaker and then I think the Undertaker and Rock were in there. No, I'm not sure. The Undertaker. I'm I'm on a bit now where Hulk Hogan's the champion. Undertaker 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 wins it off him, and then I believe the Rock wins it off Undertaker at the Vengeance, and then loses it to Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, and then Brock Lesnar holds it all the way till the Survivor Series when he loses it to Big Show. I guess because of how big the reign is, I just think about that being like the first big one. I guess. I'm not sure. I just think about when I think of that belt, I think of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, because. Him and Kurt Angle were the main attraction for that belt. Yeah. There wasn't really anyone that held the title long enough to really appreciate that belt. Yeah, it's, it's a strong promo for Heyman. Heyman's always been a great talker. Now, as has been common since the, uh, the Empty Arena event, there's a few reruns throughout the night. The first one is a rerun of Cena versus Rollins versus Lesnar at Rumble 2016. Yeah. We'll go straight over that. And go to AJ Styles and the OC coming out to the ramp to, of course, talk about the match with Undertaker. This is just a complete gaslighting of Taker. Yeah. This entire thing. He is. Styles claims that he's being completely controlled by his wife at this point, Michelle McCall, that making fun of how he looked last week when he came out making fun of his social media presence. And Siles talks about how he doesn't want to go to WrestleMania and fight Mark Calloway. He, he starts to say Undertaker, but then he corrects himself to say Mark Calloway. He talks about how he doesn't want to face him. He wants the Undertaker of yesteryear, of the years gone by. He wants Taker. He wants the Phenom. Yeah, absolutely. You can't have Phenom versus Phenomenal if you ain't got the Phenom. And he thinks that will come in a match that, in his words, I believe, it will cycle along the lines of a match you're familiar with or a match you'll feel right at home in. And he calls it a boneyard match. Yeah. I'm struggling to think of what a boneyard match is, but I'm kind of... I'm kind of with Jack. We can't call it a buried alive match, which what everything's going on. So it could technically just be a name change to the buried alive match. Possibly because also, I believe he does use he does phrase at least one one sentence as buried. I think he says something along the lines of, "I'll take you back to the place where Michelle McCall buried your career." Exactly. Or something along so, those so lines. So we've got a bit of promo. a reference. You but... see, with this whole promo, yeah, the one you're talking about. There's two things I saw there. Now, I could be clutching at straws with one of them, but the other one, I believe, I just believe it myself. With the whole Mark Calloway and Michelle McCall angle that they were going with, I think this possibly could be Undertaker's retirement match because of the way there. I, I just think you could say that about how all of his recent WrestleMania appearances have been. And They've also, always framed around his legacy. The way, the way he looked in the ring couple of weeks ago yeah you had the bandana on you had the straps down yeah i was seeing more of a i won't see more of a phenom taker biker taker i was seeing more of a biker taker even the way he was talking 
Could be fancy. There was a few he, he hints. He weren't rumours he weren't that talking, Big he Evil was coming back. He yeah. weren't talking like all this slow and thing. He was talking like that 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 Texas hard man that he used to be. But I think I think that's I think that's what I think that's the idea behind the promo because yeah. If Undertaker comes out and he's doing all the the phenom under then. AJ Styles doesn't ask him to stop being Mark Calloway. He doesn't ask him to be the... Un- he, like, he's already the Undertaker. You don't need to ask him to be the Undertaker. So you're pointing out exactly what AJ Styles is looking at, if that mm. makes sense. You're seeing Big Evil. You're seeing Biker Taker. AJ doesn't want that. He wants the dead man. He wants the bone-chilling, casket-carrying, urn-calling, whatever you want to do, like... He wants that Undertaker, rather than the hard-talking yeah. Texas Taker that we got used to. To be 2000s. fair, to be fair, I think that was his best character in my eyes. I think all of his. I think, I think every character. Every, gimmick, every character he had was brilliant. But you see that American Badass gimmick. That, for me, just proper showed you a different side to showed Taker. you. The man, not the myth. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. My favorite period has always been Big Evil. Ninety six to ninety seven. Actually, oh, is my personal favorite. The sort of transition from the uh, grave digger taker to ministry taker. That period between. Yeah. It's when some of his best matches happened. Uh, it had his best music by far. It's one of his best periods. My favorite heel sort of version of Taker is definitely Big Evil, though. Yeah, that that showed a different side of Taker beyond any side that Taker ever shown us before. But I think, like you said about the AJ thing, I think that that big evil Taker was meant to be portrayed as Undertaker, but Mark Calloway. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Next on the night was Charlie Crusoe interviewing Andrade and Angel Garza with Selena Vega. That was just it was it was cringy. It was so awkward to watch. Did I miss something? Did you not see the look? Angel Garza and Charlie, she was desperate. It it was all over the place. Like every every time Andrade and every every time Angel Garza looked at her, it was like she became the female a, version of Jerry Lawler. I drew a heart on the screen. In my imagination, does that make sense? I mean, I get it. I get it's the gimmick. He's the ladies' man, but yeah. I, I, I just, I, I felt so cringy watching it. It it's, just, it just felt. It was very put on. It felt forced. Yeah, I, I don't really like the gimmick. I, I'm nothing against like the whole pretty boy gimmick, but I find the whole gimmick of him having the tearaway pants, like stripper pants, and everything, just very silly. We're long past Valvinus now. <laughs> the but, big Valboski. Yeah, yeah, we're long most past of it. this interview was basically more. Zelina insulting Charlie <laughs> then really talking about their match. So see that could be another angle, that could be a jealousy angle, isn't it? I don't know where they're going with the whole Zelina thing, like I I just she's just there at this point. Yeah. I I mean Which is a fair, shame because no, you know, the first thing is that I don't get about Selena Vega. She's an amazing in ring performer. That's what I was gonna say. But she's never in the ring. Yeah. And to be fair, I think she's better in the ring than, she, than the role she's doing. Yeah, I agree. I think she's better as a performing role than a managerial role. But then is we can't really comment on whether that's creative or whether that's her. Yeah, of course. That, that, no, that's obviously the, not. She might prefer doing what she's doing now to being in ring. Or there could be a, a beneficial factor to why she's not performing at this present time. Uh, only time will tell. I mean, yeah, she, she is phenomenal. I, I agree with you totally. Mm. But 
I'm not going to keep blasting WWE creative when yeah. it's gonna it, 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 it's possibly the performer as well as creative. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not blaming her. I'm not blaming anyone. Not pointing any fingers. I'm just saying it is a shame to see her not wrestling. But then, in the same in the same aspect of that, yeah, you got to think as well. If she's if she is a performer, which we know she's a trained wrestler, yeah. Say for instance, WWE creative say to her, "Look, we think you're better as a manager." Why don't she step in and go? But I want to be in the ring. Now that's an interesting point, um, but. There's also the technicalities of the situation. Wrestling's one of those touch and go, take your opportunity when it comes, right? So if you're not an active performer and you're not wrestling and you're on TV, if you turn around and say to them, you don't want to do that, they can drop you where you're not on TV and mm. you start from the ground up. That That's the kind of industry wrestling is. You take the opportunities you're given. Of course. I mean, it backfires, don't get me wrong. If you've ever watched um, Total Divas or Total Bellas and stuff like that, do you remember Ava Marie? Vaguely. Right. Do you remember Fandango when he first started yeah. and he was the dancer? Do you remember he had Summer Rae? I don't. I do. All right, so you had Summer Rae and Fandango doing like little tango dances in the ring to his music every match. She became his manager slash dance partner. Ava Marie wanted to get on TV that bad that she actually pulled Fandango when he was looking for someone to do this gimmick with and said she was a great dancer and she can do it just to get on TV. They did rehearsals. She cannot dance to save her life. It nearly ruined Fandango's career. That's the issue you've got. Mm. Because that's the kind of cutthroat business wrestling is. A lot of people want to get any opportunity they can get. So that's the Selena issue. If if they say to her, we like you as a manager, she's on TV. If she then says she'd rather be a performer, she could lose her spot on TV. But I feel that Brock Lesnar does exactly that. I don't want to do this, I want to do that. And they go to me as But he has clout at this point. Exactly. He's allowed I understand to. that, but then, you know, it's... If you say it's not fair, there's, there's an important lesson to be learned there. All right. Life and uh, yeah, businesses you, 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 are not you know, fair. Think, think of it. Think of it. Think of it in. Think of it in real life situations. Now. Yeah. All right. All right. This Brock Lesnar thing. Yeah. Do you think anyone other than Brock Lesnar, that's at the top level, could say exactly the same thing and they'll just go, yeah, yeah. yeah John Cena, right. Triple H. There's loads. The Rock. Triple H don't count. Triple H is part of John the Cena. Management. The Rock. They all have. They all the main guys that have been main event pushers in wrestling. They have all had the upper hand of that business. A lot of the reason why WCW failed, because WCW held. They gave too many people. They give too, too many people control. too much control of the company. So if someone went to Kevin Nash and went, "You're losing tonight to Diamond Dallas Page," if Kevin Nash turned around and went, "No, I'm not," it was changed. They had that option, and that's what a few WWE people have. And it's been like that for a while. Oh, yeah, it's been like that uh, since... I mean, look, no one wants a new guy to come in and take... Their spot. Their spot. How would you feel if someone just walked into your firm where you work, and they took you away from what you're doing because this new guy's doing it now? Yeah, I understand. That, that's, that's the situation you've got, so... 
while it's working, keep it. Next, we got to our first match on the card, which was Andrade and Angel Garza versus Ricochet and, eventually, Cedric Alexander. Just as Ricochet gets to the ring, he is essentially ganged up on by Garza and Andrade, and they kind of just have a stare-off until Cedric gets to the ring. Yeah, it just screamed the whole hill. Mm. You, you, you know, the proper hill moves to do. There's actually some... Kind of interesting, like little heel moments in this match that, I, that you don't really see a whole lot of. No, one yeah. I don't think I've ever seen. You guys can correct me on this. We'll get to that when we get there. So the match starts with Ricochet and Andrade in the ring. Ricochet pretty much leads a lot of this match. Yes, Ricochet for for his team. There's a lot of Ricochet leading the match. I think that's done mainly because of Ricochet's bad run in WWE of recent times. Possibly. Possibly why they teamed him and Cedric Alexander, because there's been a lot of talk of them wanting to leave the main roster and go back to NXT yeah. or leave the company in a full. So I understand WWE letting them have a bit of a run with this match. And it was yeah. exciting to see. Absolutely. I mean, they're four incredible athletes. And so this is the part I was talking about with the... And so this is supposed to talk about with the with the tag team with the heel tag team maneuvers. I have never seen this. This happens twice, and ref catches it both times. But twice, Angel Garza pulls away from his corner to get a tag in. Once he does it to the middle of the ring. Once he goes to the entire other turnbuckle to try and get to Andrade to tag himself in, and ref catches it both times. Yeah, I've got to admit, I've never seen that. I've before. never seen that, and I thought that was the whole purpose of the old, <coughs> the old turnbuckle string thing. The yeah, string nails. That, that is yeah. what the referee that is gestures what to. It is. That's cool. That it's like a heel move I've never seen anyone do before. Yeah, it, it at was, least not in WWE. It was refreshing. Certainly. It was really. It interesting. shows that they've still got the ability to do something new. Yeah. Eventually, as the match goes on, the Street Profits also come out to the ring, and they join the commentary team. This is the first time I've heard them talk on commentary. I thought they did pretty They're okay. amazing talkers even they're, when they're backstage. They've yeah. got good charisma. Well, when, they're back, when they're backstage, when they're in the ring cutting promos, when they're giving interviews. So I have no doubt they're going to shine on the commentary booth. Yeah. Uh, they're amazing. I think they're one of the best tag teams WWE have to, have to offer at present. They are great in the ring. They're great out the ring. They seem humble guys as well. Yeah. You, you, you know... It's no shock that they are the current tag team champions. Whether that stays the same after WrestleMania, I don't know. I think they'll get so many more other runs, you know. I think they'll be sort of sort of like the new day in that tag I team. Hope so. I yeah, hope tag so. Tag team division. They've with, got it. With, with tag I teams, think. like especially new tag teams, the ones that you become accustomed to seeing, WWE have a really bad habit of splitting them up. My only nervousness is I feel a similar vibe, both in their actions and also... The way WWE present them with a lot of backstage segments that's sort of disconnected, it reminds me a lot of teams like Crime Time. And we all know what happened there. And the issue there is eventually they just all got bored with the gimmick. They get bored with the gimmick, they split the team up, and it never works out for the one they push. No. I mean, in Crime Time, Shad... Yeah, they tried to push Shad Gaspard. J- yeah, JTG ended up with a singles career in WWE and Shad Gaspard was fired. But he was the one but that But that's the same with... Enzo and Big Cass. No, not Crime Time. What's the other one called? 
Which ones? What was the one with um when it's sort of a similar name? The ones with the one with them Titus O'Neil and the other fella. Oh yeah. Prime time players. Prime time players. Yeah. Same thing so, there. Same thing there. Titus got the push, and then the other guy, Darren Young. What happened to him? He just and that, that that was more of a reversal thing yeah. though. Like Titus is still there. He was the one that was getting that's the push. What I'm yeah, he was getting the push. But then, but then you never saw. What's his name? Darren Young. Darren Young. Darren Young. Darren Young. Well, that, that shows you. That shows you. Like, what's his name? Exactly. Like, Which is actually a shame because he was one of the first like openly gay. I think the last time we saw wrestlers. that Darren Young during his uh, run. He was what? He was one of the first during was, his run, at least yeah. openly gay. Wrestlers signed to WWE. Was, was he gay? Yeah, yeah. he oh, came out as being but gay. Anyway, yeah, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, um, see, the last time I ever saw that Darren Young was that time the Hardy Boys returned. Remember when, they, when? Sorry, the Dudley Boys. My bad. No, when the Dudley Boys returned, then they went out the ring, and then them two were at commentary. There was that terrible gimmick with Bob Backlund. Oh yes. Make Darren Young great again. Oh yes. yes. I think that was his last WWE run. Yeah. No surprise. Somehow David Otunga still employed though. Oh, but he's great on the mic though. I like him. David Otunga. Uh, he don't bother me. Mm. I mean, I, I have no real opinion of him. Like, I, I suppose that's more of a bad thing on him than a good thing, but... I just I find don't... him very boring. Sort of like Byron Saxon. He just exists. Oh, I love Byron. He just exists to me. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Byron. Yeah. They just kind of exist. It's the other. Do you know who I don't like? And and this might sound really, really bad because you don't like. Go what really? But I just don't know. It's his voice. I just want to strangle him. Who's that? I can't, see, I can't remember his name. The skinny fella. Corey Graves. Him. I hate Corey we Graves. Hate I just Corey, want to yeah. grab him like that. And just... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So getting back to the match, the finish comes with a series of, with Andrade. And Alexander Cedric in the ring. Cedric did get some good offense when he got tagged in by Ricochet finally. Bomley, he's the one to take the fall as after a series of back and forth counters between the two. There's this kind of awkward elbow move from Andrade that doesn't seem like it actually connects the way it's meant to. No, but I mean, that's essentially his finisher at this point, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's not the first time we've seen him do it. It looked weird because it was sort of a big boot that was missed and then he turned into... An elbow. An elbow. So I think he just tried something different. Cedric um, did sell it well. He yeah. looked like he losing like consciousness as he sort of flailed about the ring. And so, yeah, uh, he gets the penalty to Alexander. The ref... Botches the, the free count. He really does. I, I I thought I I thought it was my computer. I thought it was the internet. I thought it was the video. It was one, two, and then he sort of forgot the count. It's more. It looks like from what I remember because I watched this a few times in order to try and get some editing done for this video. Seems like he hits it for the free count, but he doesn't really connect with the map properly, so he decides to redo the free count. Yes. You went one, two. Free. Yeah. Uh, I, I just thought it was weird. It, I, I honestly thought, because after when he gets up, you see like... So you've seen shoulder, that a few kinda, times. Yeah, but I kind of thought that it wasn't meant to happen. Like, I, remember, I thought he was waiting for him to kick out. I remember there was a match, I think it might have been in 2000, yeah? Where Earl Hebner had done it. But he went down, he went like, and everyone was like, hold on, where was the freak out? He's gone, he's gone one, two, and then rang the bell. And I'm like, where's the third? But then obviously... 
the things I've known as well is it's probably more noticeable now where it's an empty arena. Like we can yeah. hear and see everything. Exactly. At this point. So they're, it's they're, like it's like in the empty arenas. I get it. It's for the show and it's for all that. Yeah. But they don't need microphones. You can hear everything clearly when they're talking in the ring without the microphones when they're wrestling. You hear it perfect. Yeah. Like they've got a microphone. So after the match, I, I thought it was a good match overall. Yeah, I enjoyed the match. Yeah, it I was, mean, it, it, was it, was, it, it was solid. I mean, for what it was. Yeah. You, you know, we got to sell. We got to sell the tag team that's challenging for the tag titles. So yeah. in my mind, it did that. So after the match, we had Street Profits come over to the ring to sort of stare down Garza and Andrade. They also get into the ring. They have a bit of a fight. As soon as it looks like Dawkins and Ford are getting the advantage on it, Garza and Andrade, typical heel fashion, just right at the ring and run with their tail between their legs. And after, I believe, an ad break, that pretty much just leads straight into the next match. With Shane Thorne is the only one I remember. The Street Profits versus Shane Fawn and a guy I've, I'm not familiar with called Brendan Vink. No, see, the thing is, that that's how irrelevant Shane Fawn is at the moment. Um, he's thrown into tag teams like they're going out of fashion sometimes, but he, I don't even know where this... Like, last time I saw Shane Fawn, he was wrestling with Nick Miller. TM61. Oh, do you know what reminds me of that as well? It really pisses me off. I'm like, just get rid of him. Now, Eric Young, just get rid of him. You're just going to put him in these silly matches. Yeah, uh, every once, every month. Just get rid of him. No point having him there. See, that's, that's, that's where I think WWE made the mistake. I mean, Sanity was so strong. I really enjoyed Sanity. I don't think they got the chance to shine on the main roster, which is a shame. It's kind of why I'm grateful that they haven't pushed Undisputed Era up from NXT yet, because I feel that's what might happen with them. Very possibly. It seems to happen a lot, unfortunately. And you can't split up a great tag team like Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. They work. Yeah. They've always worked. Yeah, the match with... The match starts with Angela Dawkins and Shane Fawn in the ring. Uh, Street Profits kind of run riot for a lot of the match on Shane Fawn. This initial part of the match, just sort of being on Shane Fawn, tagging each other in. Once Fawn manages to get to his corner and tag... Thinking it goes back round. There's really not too much this match. It's very simple back and forth. Then once Street Profits get their momentum back again, it's just full tagging in Dawkins. Dawkins takes both out corner to corner. And then the finish. Then the finish with Dawkins hitting the cash out, I think the commentator referred to it as, and then from the heavens from Ford. I swear, I swear he, do, he, he can just naturally fly. His jump reach is incredible. It's Michael Jordan style, isn't it? Like, it's uh, immense. I mean, he's got to have been a basketball player at some point in life with a jump like that. We've, only, on. we've only had three... He's got to build three, for it as well. Three real superstars that deliver the focus matches, yeah? That actually could jump that high. Oh, I can remember. And that is... Montez Ford. Montez Ford. Montez Ford. You got RVD. He used to elevate some yeah. height. They get a pin on Fawn, and yeah, it's an okay match. It's just not enough time 
for... Which, which is weird, because for, considering, yeah. like, considering all the promos and the cuts you put into this, there could have been enough time to do something with this. This is the point where I'm going to complain about the empty arena thing. I think it's fine. I actually kind of like the atmosphere of the empty arenas. Yeah. My issue is... There's clearly space to remove some of the reruns and, like, little extra pointless bits uh, there. I understand... You might not want to get enough people in to do a full show because of the situation. But at the same time, in with the people you have there for the shows that you have, you could do more. Of course. I mean, it go, it'll go to show later when we talk about the Alistair Black match. We'll get to that. It'll be a very short conversation. Is it a conversation worth having? We'll get there. But next... Ask the philosopher. This this is so we've already got a gimmick going on in this trio. I'm the philosopher. So next we go to a WWE YouTube segment with Riddick Moss jogging and exercising outside in the open. I mean, only to see a referee in full uniform driving his car because that happens in suburban towns in America. <laughs> Referees just drive red. Amazing convertibles in their in their work oh, uniform. Paid enough. In their work uniform. In their work uniform. Yeah. So I can't bother to get changed to work. I'm Moss naturally suspicious, considering he's twenty four seven champion. Really? Naturally suspicious. Tells ref get out the car and accuses him of being with W superstar. As they're arguing, the back opens up and out steps who else? But the twenty four seven truth. I love him. Our truth. Oh, you, how can you not love this man? He gets out. I don't. Uh, he gets out. Gets a roll up on Moss. Gets the pinfall. Wins the <laughs> seven title, and is now a twenty-four time champion. Twenty-four time, twenty-four-seven champion. It fits. Yeah, but he calls himself the forty-eight-seven, eighty-six, twenty-four, eighty-two, whatever champion. Doesn't he, he's a, yeah. But I, you love his. Do you not love his gimmick? I love his gimmick, don't get me wrong, but, like, look, first of all, is it worth pointing out that was it actually a mistake by R-Truth or is Riddick Moss's real name Randy? Because he calls him Randy Moss. 100% he calls him Randy no, Moss. No, but he, calls every, he used to call different people different names all the time. I'm, I'm not sure. I honestly don't know. I'll be honest, I'm really tired of R-Truth's whole thing by now. Do you know, look, I, I, when, the last See, time I we saw Riddick Moss... I think it gets better and better. I know, it's been the, so thing, the, the thing is, last time we saw Riddick Moss, I said this guy could be great in WWE, and they let him run with a 24-7 title, become the longest champion, and then they do that. Yeah. And that just tells me Riddick Moss, you're going nowhere, son. He doesn't even Not lose, the, he he doesn't lose 24-7 anyway. title on the show, he loses it on a YouTube segment. He loses it on someone's front lawn. <laughs> But then that's the Wild same. jogging. Do you remember when Kane won it? Yeah, I yeah. get that. And they were, at, they were, he was at the, the the town's football thing, field thing, and with our truth. And um, Kane brought out a referee and pinned him like on the football field. It's like really weird stuff. I understand that, and it's the twenty four seven title. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, they were portraying Riddick Moss on the show as it a strong, like building dominant him. guy. Yeah, no, cool. And then they made him lose it. In a non-sanctioned match by a roll-up. Yeah. A roll-up. He doesn't if even... R-Truth had done that in the ring during yeah. a match, Riddick Moss would have kicked out 100%. If R-Truth had hit him even once first, 
It would be been, more yeah, exactly. But he got out of the boot, rolled him up. The referee took about 10 seconds to start the pinfall. You're telling me Riddick Moss can't kick out of that when you're portraying him to be such and a strong character? And him into the car. Do something. Make it fun. Don't just roll him up, call what? him Randy, and then leave in the car that ain't even yours and have the ref scream, it's not my car. When... Did, did he say that? The referee. I missed that. Come with Harry on this one. That's my car. It's a rental. <laughs> so, yeah. My, my point is... Right. So, obviously, they're trying to... To some extent, I feel like they're obviously trying to bring in the... You saw fun of the initial hardcore run with Crash. The, 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 the initial uh, several run. But that had moments. Like, the Mean Street Posse, I think it was, chasing him in... Like a play area? Yeah, yes, and, I remember um, that. Mosh and Frasher. Yeah. This is just filming outside in suburbia and then roll up over. Yeah, I, I mean, when was the last time we saw the 24-7 title before today? Exactly my point. Couple of, we talked about it, so a couple of weeks ago-ish. Probably the last time we done... I think it was the triple threat match that Riddick Moss was in when mm. he defended it. Maybe. Which I'm pretty sure had R-Truth in that match. Probably. And that was the first time it was ever defended in an actual match, I think. I think it's been done a few times in a match, but not once I've actually I remember paid when it first to. come and our truth kept winning it and he had um, Carmelo with him. Yeah? And they used to just beat like, like a random match just on you. And then you just see our truth running down the ramp, round the ring, into the audience with Carmelo on his back. And all things like that. Like, they, they did make it fun at first. It I just really... feel like there is more. People not doing anything in WWE, not just R Truth. Yeah. So why is R Truth the only one that keeps winning this belt? And furthermore, when this belt was first announced, it was scheduled to be Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Two Hundred Five Live, and NXT UK. Yeah. But I ain't seeing anyone outside no. of Raw or SmackDown winning this. Someone backstage clearly likes R Truth because he's just been around as a constant weird. Job our lower mid card for like the last ten years. Yeah, ever since ever since his main event push with John Cena, when it became Hill, when it came out to no music whatsoever, and the truth Jimmy. shall set you free. That after that, he's been the floater. He's he, been he, ever he, present. He's been what Dolph Ziggler was before this current push Dolph Ziggler's getting. Mm. I miss little Jimmy. <laughs> See, that was fun. Yeah, that I can get behind. But this whole twenty four seven R Truth title thing is is getting boring. Yeah, it's got boring real quick. How do you become a 24 time twenty four seven champion in? How long not is even it a going? year. It's not, not even, even a, a year, year. No. I mean, I get the hardcore title when it was I out. Believe... People were like fifty time champions, but that was over a period of years. I do believe that. It, I could be wrong. Yeah, and please correct me if I am. Yeah, but I think that that title got announced after last year's WrestleMania. Either which way, I feel like there's a lot more people that could win this match and you're just giving it to R-Truth all the time. I think, we're going to be, well, I think we've talked about this more than we're probably going to talk about the, the next match on the card. But we'll get to that in a minute. First, we have Shayna Baszler and Chai Crusoe in the ring to talk about the WrestleMania match with Becky Lynch. Baszler's very plain in this interview. She, she talks very bluntly. Honestly, for, at first she doesn't really say anything. For like the first few minute, like minute or so. This she just stares at just Charlie. Stares like, at everything Crusoe. Charlie's saying, she just stares at her. Reminds me of what's her name? See, I've I've been watching so much old wrestling during this quarantine stuff. Yeah, 
I think we all have. But, I know, but it's just uh, literally. Do you know what it reminds me of? Do you remember that time when Jazz done was sitting at the commentary table and she never yeah. spoke for that whole yeah. match, not mm. once. She just sat there. She just sat there, no asking no questions, and she was just staring dead at Trish Stratus while she was in the ring. Like it sort of reminded me of that a bit. Although I always thought Jazz had the sort of presence pulled off. Shayna Baszler comes across as just not really knowing what to say here. Yeah, but when she does speak, she speaks very plainly that Becky should expect to lose at WrestleMania. That. The reason Basil wants to win the title is more that she loves to destroy things and taking the title from Becky will destroy her in her mind. The interview is then very abruptly cut off when Carla struck Basil and Becky destroyed her. Out of nowhere. And we see Becky finally sort of get any sort of upper hand on Shayna really. Getting any sort of moment against her. You know what? I, I feel like even though, like, all right, we, we talk about Shay, Shayna's had the upper hand through attacking, yeah. but she's done it through sneak attacks and Becky got her revenge, but I feel like Becky's always had the upper hand. I mean, Shayna's a good talker, yeah, but Becky's better. That's where I feel Becky's had the upper hand through all this. Like, I, I've never once felt Shayna has beaten her psychologically. Mm. To be I f- feel like Becky Lynch is in Shayna Baszler's head. I feel that Becky Lynch is... She sort of, I feel she's more, the way she speaks and the accent and all that, I feel she's got more the intimidating factor than Shayna Baszler. I will disagree on that front. I find Shayna Baszler more, cuts a more intimidating presence than Becky does. I think, I think Shayna Baszler's like, looks wise, I, yeah, I get that. But, I mean, there, there's not... I think she's definitely, definitely still a better promo card. Shayna's still quite new to this. I yeah, think. and I, I think that, that's where that's let Shayna Baszler down. That's the gap where yeah, she's I, still learning how to... Exactly. Be she's a not established. professional wrestler. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's not established in that. So that's where I feel like Becky's always at the upper hand here. I mean, Becky Lynch for me is the female Stone Cold Steve Austin. 100%. It kind of cemented that last week. She can back it up in the ring. Yeah. And she ain't afraid of anyone. She will get in the ring and she will open up a can of a pass, just like Stone Cold used to do. Whether she's going to beat Shayna Baszler, I can't answer that. But there's not a single moment throughout these promos where I thought that Becky Lynch was definitely going to lose to Shayna Baszler. I can understand that. Next on the card, we had Alistair Black versus indie wrestler Leon Ruff. Who is also apparently signed to NXT, but I could, when I briefly looked, I couldn't see any particular information about that. But suppose he is signed to NXT. And then now let's move on because that's all we've got to talk about in this match. No, we, <laughs> I have to quickly go back. I, I have to no, talk about you know we'll, I mean. we'll get into, like, yeah, I mean. The interesting part of this. Lost for words. The interesting part of this match was the presence of Black Cup. Not only just walking to the ring, but the fact that he could just walk from his corner and just sit in the middle of the ring. We talk about intimidation before with Shayna Baszler yeah. and the Becky Lynch. This guy oozes intimidation. <clears throat> I mean, I get scared looking at him. I like Leon Ruff sold the like confusion of what do I do? He, exactly. Well, but the moment Ruff even attempts to hit Black, Black just springs up like a bear trap. I mean, he, he sat down, done the Matrix, flipped up like Shawn Michaels, kicked him in the face like Rob Van Damme, and that's the end of it, people. That Black is Mass, the end of it. One, two, three, complete squash. This was like first match of SmackDown slash match of Velocity era indie nobody local guy versus established 
character. If anything, this was comical. The only thing you can take away is you will probably chuckle watching it. I hope that this is a sign that Black is getting pushed quite well. Because I think he's really good. I love Alistair Black. I loved him in NXT. And I love him in the main roster. I feel like there's a, a moment now where you've got to decide. Do you push him? Do we push him? Yeah, absolutely. I, I do like him a lot. I think he... You know what? If Drew McIntyre is to take the title... I think Drew McIntyre, Alistair Black will put on one hell of a match for the title. Possibly. Next, Owens comes out to the ring and he's just calling out Rollins, talking about how he didn't show up last week and that he knows that Rollins is here tonight. And he wants him to answer his challenge, of course. Rollins isn't going to take a call out lying down. Interestingly, he did this alone. Like, he did. We'll point that out. There I'm, was no AOP. There was no Buddy Murphy. Yeah, because I'm going to get insane here. And this can obviously lead to like typical heel stuff down the line. But there was an interesting thing here because it felt like Rollins... Rollins wasn't booked as the typical heel. Not even the heel he's been booked as during this Messiah run. No. He came out on his own. He was confident. And he gave back as good as he got. He talked about... He referenced FCW. Yeah. How his people, the the legends that people look at... The people that... The wrestlers that people look at now. Him. Reigns. A lot of people that people think of now, they came from FCW. A lot of people that inspired the current XT stars to become the wrestlers they are came from where he did... It's and, uh, similar. It's similar to how they're doing the promos with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Yeah. The whole, you're in my house. You you know, you came from a performance center. Yeah. Right. A performance center that exists because we made it exist. Yeah. If it weren't for us, Kevin Owens don't exist. Yeah. Rhea Ripley don't exist. It's almost a generation versus generation sort of clash. And it was such a great promo. It was. It was, for me, the highlight of Raw. It was one of the best moments of Raw. Definitely. I really enjoyed the promo. What can I say? Seth Rollins has always been a good talker. And he's always, Absolutely. He's always cut that really good promos. And, you know, you, you get that sense of excitement with Seth Rollins. The Rollins has always struck but me. But then don't sleep. Please do not sleep on Kevin Owens. No, Kevin Owens. No, Kevin, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens when he's Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens when he's Kevin Steen. I've always been a fan. My one thing that I will say that I think Kevin Owens as a performer has over Seth Rollins is I think Kevin Owens is more versatile as far as his portrayal. I think he works really solid both a face and heel. I feel like Rollins is a weaker face. I think yeah, he's uh, always uh, strong yeah. as a heel. Yeah. I've always agreed with that. You uh, see, I, I'm, I'm kind of swaying the other way. I used to love Seth Rollins as a face. Entirely fair. Like, as in, like, I just think that they, the, the WWE Universe, they buy into him. Mm. As a face. Yeah. I mean, I, do. don't get me wrong, I'm not sleeping on the fact that he is a good face, but there's always wrestlers that... Seth Rollins, for me, is Triple H. 
I was going to say, yeah, I I feel like he he kind of embodies that same sort of... He can dominate both personas, but he grips me more as a heel. Mm. The same see, as Triple H used to grip me. The difference is, Triple H is probably one of the best heels I've ever seen. And you know how I feel about Triple Yeah, no, it's, it's hard my, to argue. In my eyes, he's the greatest I thought Rollins can get there. Oh, definitely, 100%. Rollins can get up to that but level. you see Triple H, do you know what made him so good at what he'd done? The place used to erupt when he came out to the ring. He still cut them hill promos. Yeah. He still done that like literally. He would face all the he'll he'll, he'll he'll fight all the faces in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. He'll beat them all. He'll still say I am the game and I am that damn good and you know like he had that. Yeah, you're a face and the fans love you. But are you a face or mm. are you a hill? Yeah. You know that confusion factor where yeah. you think, what is he at yeah. this point? Yeah. And that's what made me sort of fall in love with that Triple H character. After that segment, we had a rerun of the Charlotte Flair vs. Asuka match from WrestleMania 34, which yeah. led directly into Charlotte being talked to backstage. And it's meant to be about her match with Ray Ripley, but honestly, she kind of just talks about herself being at WrestleMania. She barely mentions Ripley at all. It, it's like, there's definitely a vibe in this feud of Charlotte completely underestimating Rhea Ripley. Yeah, she's dismissing Rhea. Like, Rhea Ripley ain't a factor. She's yeah, an afterthought. That's, that's just Charlotte's persona, isn't it? Absolutely. I, I, she, I, I, think that goes to, I think that's the, what we were going to with the whole, the, what we just said about the Rollins, Kevin Owens thing. Like, you're in... My house. Yeah. I built this. But she... Who are you? See, yeah. the thing is, with, with Charlotte as well, she's done exactly the same thing with the likes of Becky Lynch. Like, like, like even someone <clears throat> that's probably on a level or better. Yeah. Yeah? You ain't as good as me. You ain't me. You will never be me. You will never be as good as she's me. She's definitely her father's daughter. Yeah, the the, the gimmick for her is you definitely... See, now the... that is the bit I don't like. Don't get me wrong. Charlotte Flair, Charlotte Flair. But I hate these sort of... But knowing you've got a superstar and their parents are so big in the industry, fair enough, I get that. But why can't you just give them their own sort of thing instead of... she? She's adopted the woo. Give her her own sort of... Stop okay, letting I, I, these superstars I feel like live WWE have always portrayed Charlotte I, as... The only Flair's one I feel, I feel they haven't done it with at all was Curtis Axel. He never had one one thing of Mr. Perfect. I mean, ever. his entrance music was is the Mr. Perfect. Sort of yeah. yeah. No, it's the exact same thing. It was, it was a remix. remix version. Yeah, no, it's a remix version, but same as Charlotte with Ric Flair. Yeah, he also did uh, the finisher at one point. Yeah, the finisher, but he, he never personed him like, as in, like, I am perfect, I am super Although, perfect, if I'm he'd perfect, ever gone a big yeah. run, I think he, they probably would have just defaulted to that. Yeah, of course. It's technically what they do. I think it's just the fact that he never really had a big angle because he was never a good promo no guy. yeah he was just a Paul Heyman guy <laughs> Roll closed out with Randy Orton coming out to the ring to talk about being misunderstood to explain again his love for Edge and where he's coming from in attacking Edge and attacking Beth Phoenix and doing everything he's done over the past few weeks he talks about how he needs to apologise for lying from when he interrupted Beth Phoenix that Edge isn't a junkie for the crowd, but for his own ego. That Edge needs to be in the ring. And Orton talks about 
criticising Edge for talking about Orton not having paid his dues in the company due to where he came from, being the son of Cowboy Bob Orton. And Orton talks about just because of his legacy, it doesn't guarantee him a great career. It doesn't guarantee him a Hall of Fame career. He talks about his accolades since getting to the roster, being the youngest champion ever at one point and everything else. And he talks about how how can Edge criticise him for taking the opportunity to join Evolution or to be part of something when, as your opportunist, if Triple H had come to him, or if he were to come to him, would he not have done the same thing? Would he not have done the same thing in that position? And that how can he be an entitled brat because of that decision? And finally, of course, he accepts the challenge to a match at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think I think that that's I think that's where it gets interesting because for me, Edge didn't say what he said to point out any underlining facts because there is a yeah. Randy Orton is Cowboy Bob Orton's son. But Randy Orton has accomplished more than Bob Orton ever did. Mm. This was strictly Edge getting in Randy's head. And it seems like it worked. That's where Edge needs... He needs Randy Orton in that frame of mind. Because that makes Randy Orton weak. Yeah, I can say that because Orton... Is always played as very calculating, very slow, very methodical. To a fault sometimes, it's how he's in-ring performing. But absolutely, I think the intention here is Gundry skin, so he makes mistakes. And it's a last man standing match. Yeah. You, you know, any mistake is vital to your opponent. Mm. I just love it. All told, to be fair. It's the one I match on WrestleMania I'm looking I'm, forward to. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I mean, not not. I just, might just watch that match and go to bed. <laughs> it, 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 it's there's still questions. Can Edge hack? We this, will be first this will be his proper first single proper singles match, match, and it's such a dangerous match to put yourself Absolutely. in straight away. So it's gonna be interesting to watch on that front. But still, if they let this match run, it could be one of the. Shows show-stopping matches. It can be one that people talk about for a long time if they have the time and the opportunity to do it. Absolutely. So overall, for the MD reason for the I, I, again, my one criticism is that it does feel like some of these matches could have had more meat to them. But overall, I enjoyed Raw. See, the yeah. thing is, I think. As well, what we've got to realise is they're making the most of what they've got with the times that we're living Absolutely. in at the moment, you know? Yeah, it's, the it's rules really, that it's we're really, under. See what I mean? And do you got to think they're under strict rules as well? Yeah. They've got to do certain <clears throat> things and work certain ways and certain wrestlers can't do this because of this. You know, and it's... They're working really well with what they've got. We've never had the point where we There's haven't got these weekly shows. You know yeah. what I mean? 
And it's a shame because it ain't just in the world of wrestling. It's in sport altogether. It's in our life. It's this. It's in entertainment in general. It's in everything. everything. Uh, I mean, mean, television series have stopped. Movies have been cancelled. This whole thing has literally put the world at a standstill. Do you know what I mean? And and, and it's good that they're still trying to entertain and trying to give the fans what they want. You need it in this time. You need it. A lot lot of people criticise WWE for going forward with the shows that they're going forward with. Hence why I feel that we ain't seeing the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal this year. Because of because the, of the crowding yeah. and the distancing and the social distancing and that. Unless and uh, unless as well, like I, I don't actually know if WWE planned WrestleMania to be over two nights. That could be why they've gone with two nights. They're doing really well with working what with what they've yeah, got. Yeah, absolutely. Then it's still entertaining. It's still like yeah, I want to watch next week's. You just missed the whole. The whole. The there whole is definitely vibe of the something crowd. missing. Yeah, and. And it will feel that worse when it comes to WrestleMania. Of course. Of course. It's going to be the weirdest WrestleMania. Certainly in our lifetimes. I'm still looking forward to it. Absolutely. There's still some good matches on there. I'm definitely interested to see where they go. So now we move on to SmackDown. SmackDown starts with Bailey and Sasha Banks talking about the fatal five-way elimination match for, the, for Bailey's title at WrestleMania. For the life of me. I've just remembered who it is now. I said before that Dana Brooke wasn't on the card. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she was the sixth person because it weren't a five man. It wasn't five women. It was six. Yeah. I'm thinking Dana Brooke was the one that got removed. Dana Brooke was in the match. Dana Brooke got announced by Paige last week as being part of that match. Well, I there's... knew, I knew, I knew there was someone else. I couldn't for the life of me think of who it was until I just remembered. Hang on a who minute, we got Dana in Brooke. We've got Naomi, Bailey, Tamina. Lacey, Tamina, Sasha. Yes. Yeah. So are they not going to replace Dana? No, they're, they're just sticking it. It's, no, it looks it's like a five-way five, 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 yeah. five elimination, I yeah. believe. Yeah, both Bailey and Banks are upset about this turn of events. They talk about how their friendship is unbreakable. Then Evans, Naomi, and Tamina interrupt them. There is a moment, though. There is a moment that Sasha Sasha looks at Bailey that questions a little something, something. I I was just about to think that's going to happen, yeah. Yeah, I was just about to bring it up, as in to say, she was looking as. Like, like Bailey was saying to her, yeah, our friendship's unbreakable, nothing's going to come between us at WrestleMania. And Sasha, before Lacey Evans came out, Sasha Banks had that look on her to go, Hold up. Do you know what I thought she was going to say? I kind of thought she was going to say, but hold on, Bailey. In this match, I want that title. So I'm going to stop at nothing to get that title sort of thing. That's the look she portrayed as well. I think that was always better with the look. I don't think Sasha Banks should have said anything. The look was enough. The look was as if to say... As if to say, are we going to get the old Sasha back? The the face Sasha. See, that's that's the interesting thing, because you don't know what Sasha you're going to get. Is she going to... Go for Bailey. What's going to happen if the two of them come down to it? They're the last two in the ring. You, you, you know, there's a possibility Sasha could lay down on the floor and let Bailey win. There's a possibility Sasha could think. There's a possibility Sasha may not even make it past all the way to the end. Yeah, that's what made that look, that one look alone, so interesting. It almost makes me wonder if they might end up being the final toss. Like, might end up happening there. I guess we'll see. We'll talk about it at the end. So. That sort of fits into my prediction. When Evans, Naomi and Tamina come out, Evans, Naomi, I'm pretty much more than happy to just talk trash. 
Tamina is doesn't not talk trash. No, she doesn't. She's more interested in showing how she feels. I mean, you lot talk all you want, but actions speak louder than <coughs> words. And then you see that super kick she done. I think it was, I believe, Lacey Evans to Lacey Evans. Yeah, that looked like that caught her square in the jaw, man. That looked like a good kick. Lacey did sell it well. No, she did sell it well. But it's like, when you see it first, you think, oh, you weren't meant to hit her like that, was you? You know what I mean? You weren't meant to swing her. I, I, like I think, think it might have been a bit too credit. stiff yeah. Or, yeah. A good, or a good reaction. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll know if uh, Lacey Evans still has her teeth at Mania. <laughs> so next, we have Drew Gulak. You, you guys are going to have to tell me if I'm missing something because I'm going off to the website. Next, we have Drew Gulak and Shinsuke Nakamura in a match where Drew Gulak is looking to, to secure the Intercore title shot at WrestleMania against Daniel Bryan. Do you know, I've always hated stuff like this. Can we can we add that, obviously, we had Sami Zayn at commentary? All right, we, we have Sami Zayn at commentary, but, but for, let's just get back to this whole thing, right? Daniel Bryan wants to be number one contender for the Intercontinental title, so why is Drew Gulak winning matches for him to make him the Intercontinental champion? Because, like, that, that to me is shitting on Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak wins the match, but Daniel Bryan gets the credit. It's a weirdly heel manoeuvre. I hate stuff like this. This is weirdly heel tactics from Daniel Bryan. Yeah. I mean, look, I get it. They want to portray these people as friends now. after, But, look, Drew Gulak... Beat Shinsuke Nakamura to give Daniel Bryan an Intercontinental tam- Championship shot. I think if you go back to sort of last week, um, I think it was, if I remember rightly, Drew Gulak was the one who offered his services to help Daniel Bryan be number one contender. This is still very... But I, I get that, but it was Drew Gulak going, let me do it, let me do it. Let me show you that I can beat these people. Let me show you that I can, I can you know, beat... I guess the argument as well might be the fact that Gulak isn't fighting Zayn, he's fighting Nakamura. It could be seen as the, 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 the sort of second-hand men fighting each other, potentially. I do agree that I don't I, I get really that. like I just don't, it. I don't like the fact that Drew Gulak wins a match, but Drew Gulak now don't get a title shot. I understand. Like I, Daniel I do Bryan has done nothing to earn an Intercontinental Championship match. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. I'm just trying to understand their... The same it. it yeah. I get where you're coming from, but it's just the reason behind it was that. But then, yeah, it should have been Daniel Bryan that should have fought Shinsuke. Yeah. To earn his or, Yeah, title. Daniel Bryan should have done something to earn this match. I get that Drew Gulak offered these services, but still, no, you get what you deserve. And Daniel Bryan, for me, doesn't even deserve a spot on WrestleMania because he's done nothing. It's Sammy Zayn's really. the Intercontinental Champion. Don't get me wrong. This is actually portraying like I don't like Daniel Bryan. I love Daniel Bryan. But this is WrestleMania. You don't just get on the card. What did they used to call it years ago? The granddaddy of them all. It's the showcase yeah. of the immortals. The granddaddy of them all. The biggest event in wrestling history. And Daniel Bryan gets put on a card because Drew Gulak, who Daniel Bryan said isn't better than him, won him a match... To get him a title shot. Interestingly, talk about the heel manoeuvres as well is that the fact that it's worth pointing out that Brian kind of helped Gulak to win the match to an extent. Yeah. Which, again, it, it's very strange. 
are they potentially trying to eventually build to some sort of heel further clash between the two or them turning full heel? It's unclear. See, I can see him that, that the thing is, what's a shame on Drew Gulak, yeah, is I can see him going to Mania. I can see him wrestling at Mania. But he'll be chucked in the match with Cesaro. The thing is, a, I don't... A, a I don't nothing actually, match with Cesaro. I don't even think it's going to be like that. I think we're going to see Drew Gulak in the corner with Daniel Bryan and Shinsuke and Cesaro. And I think that's the only interaction you know what that those thinking? three are going to have. Do you know what I was thinking yesterday? Yeah, sorry, not yesterday, today. I was thinking to myself, yeah, maybe, just maybe, we go into that match at Mania, Intercontinental title match, Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. And I could be sh- I could be firing blanks here, yeah, or shoot, sorry, shoot, shooting in the dark here, yeah. But could it be that Drew Gulak's doing this all as a front? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll do this match for you. I'll do this. I'll do that. And at Mania, who knows whether he's gonna join Sami Zayn's at all? There's always little things. Yeah, I get that. There's always little things like that. But the only thing with that is I I feel like they're making Drew Gulak. A Daniel Bryan copycat. It's kind of like it reminds me of Alex Riley and The Miz. Yeah, and, and, I can see that. And um, Dolph Ziggler and Shawn Michaels sort of thing, isn't it? He's sort of the copycat of Shawn Michaels. No, it? I can yeah, I get that, but like The Miz and Alex Riley, well, Shawn Michaels and Dolph Ziggler are not. They've never been together. No, they've never been. Like, together. they've copycat. He, he you, copies yeah, him. He copies that, all that, these that, moves. That, that's that's yeah, I get that, but that 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 that's that's not his point. Oh, okay. that, that's not the point I'm trying to like. I'm talking about how Alex Riley was the Miz's lackey. Like, oh, okay, yeah. And was basically just the Miz. When Miz was at his forefront best persona, mm. the heel WWE champion Miz was the best. I feel like that is what Drew Gulak is, Daniel Bryan. Which again, where... where it mimic, it even mimics his look. Which again, we're, we're drawing allusions to a heel duo. Yeah. Like, all of this Daniel Bryan Drew Gulak thing, from what I've seen, screams heel for some reason, and I don't... It does, but then, you see, that's pointless, because you made Daniel Bryan a heel. Don't get me wrong, he fucking thrived at it. He was brilliant. The new Daniel Bryan, the more energy sort of flower person. You know, the one that likes all the... the world and... I've got it wrong, sorry, I've got it wrong. The one that likes all the... What did they call it? No, when he made the title, he made it sort of wooden instead of Eco-friendly. metal. Eco-friendly. Yeah, eco-friendly, that's it, yeah. Um, I like that, Daniel Bryan. But what's the point in giving him a a, a hill thing to make him face? For to then turn him heel again. To then turn him heel again. What is the point? Ask Big Show. I'll, yeah, do you know what? I, I, that's a good point, but I'll, I'll tell you for me why, right? And anyone can disagree with me. This is just my personal opinion. Daniel Bryan sucks as a face. Do you think? He absolutely sucks as a face. I'm sorry, but no. I love he him. absolutely bores me as a face. He's too Again Bailey. See see the thing the thing is the thing is with me, yeah, I feel the way I look at a face, and correct me if I'm wrong, a face is someone, yeah. This is obviously a good guy, yeah. Yes in, in WWE. But also a guy, a person that connects with the WWE universe. I disagree with that because uh, any role, any a face between or a heel can connect with the audience. 
it is the face is literally just strictly you are the good guy you are the person who people are meant to root for but people connect with heels all the time i get that i do get that but what i'm saying is more like it's more like do you know when, when a heel comes out yeah they connect with him but they don't get that no, as soon as the music hits and you get that massive explosion around this around the arena, yeah, you don't really get that with many hills. You get that with Daniel Bryan. They all explode and it's just yes everywhere, everywhere you look. It's just you know what I mean. And and I felt that when he turned the hill, yeah, that time he turned the hill, I I don't feel the fans sort of the fans turned on him yeah, but I thought they were more disappointed that he went hill. So next on SmackDown we had. The continuation of the Mandy Rose, Otis, Ziggler, this whole convoluted storyline, which seems to just get more complicated as time goes on. It's still interesting, though. It's still interesting. So, Ziggler essentially taunts Otis with pictures of him and Mandy. Did, 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 he was more, this point, he was more on the phone. He was talking to someone on the phone. Yeah, that's an interesting gloating. development. Like, it was like... But not talking on the phone as in the phone was... It was like it was on FaceTime or a yeah. video chat with someone. That's it, yeah. And he was just gloating, like, gloating at what he's doing to Otis on, like, everything about Otis falling for it. Sort of giving glimpses to the fact that he is behind the whole text. Yeah. Also, when he was talking on that phone... He weren't indicating like he was talking to Mandy. No, he was talking to someone else. He was else. talking to someone about Mandy because he mentioned yeah. Mandy's name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he wasn't talking to me. He was talking to someone, and he was gloating at the fact. And there was references to the fact that Dolph Ziggler was the instigator behind the text that was sent to Mandy saying Otis was going to. So be. a potential accomplice. Yeah. I've come up with a philosophy. See, that's my job being a philosopher. Yeah. And this is my philosophy. Philosophy. Do you think... <laughs> I like that. Do you think that's going to be the new T-shirt? <laughs> that's going to be the T-shirt. Philosophy. Yeah? Um, do you think that maybe, just maybe, there's one more person involved in this? In the likes of... I could be going out there. But who's Dolph Ziggler closest to at the minute? Robert Rude. Rude. Mm. Could he be some sort of instigator, the middleman? There's the, always, the there's always, yeah. There, there's always that. Like, you I mean, you send that text message from Andy's phone. You go, in, you ain't gonna be suspected this and that, yeah. this and that. You know, blah blah blah. Look, all, all roads point and to the maybe, fact that maybe that could be a portrayal thing where 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 it comes out from Robert Rude that Mandy thinks so he betrays Dolph Ziggler in that respect and sort of goes on Otis's side on the whole thing. Even which way, Dolph Ziggler was talking to someone on FaceTime. It instigates the fact that he planned this to do this to Otis. And Otis comes out with Tucker and a load of referees trying to get to Dolph Ziggler and they hold him back. Yeah. And it's announced Dolph Ziggler says, look, this is going to end at WrestleMania, me and you one on one. Yeah. So we get the match official. Otis seems happy with that. He calms down. I'll see you at Mania. Yeah. The interesting part of this is, once again, the... The clock. Yeah. The... the... On Dolph Ziggler. 
It definitely seems it like... It can't be a coincidence no, anymore. It's no. like the fourth time it's happened during Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. It, it sort of happens between... See, again, this is where I could be wrong. It could be this guy. Could he be aligned with Dolph Ziggler? Or could he be an enemy of Dolph Ziggler? I'm actually considering maybe the possibility of this... this person whoever it is might be how the whole secret gets out this is what i'm saying this is what i was about to say Still the old problem. the old gtv yeah <laughs> i mean i, know. I, I feel was I, that I, the I, thing with eddie guerrero in china was that gtv that was in it gtv was essentially just uh, a hidden camera yes but that was the, the china a, thing in it no it wasn't just china it was, oh no it was, but that, that was it it was everything every little thing that happened backstage that no one wanted you to see that was the thing. And but, the, the, the whole idea was the fact that it was meant to be Goldust. He was meant to be behind the GTV, but he had left for WCW. So the GTV thing just really got scrapped. See, so see, we never found out who was behind it. But the, the idea was the Goldust. The weird thing about the weird glitch this week yeah, was... It was very visible. It was very, very visible. It took up the whole screen and blocked completely the whole picture. Could we yeah. have an answer next week, potentially, just before WrestleMania? Or during WrestleMania? No, it'll be, it'll be during, otherwise it'll be it'll completely like completely ruin the whole concept of this whole thing for Mania. Let, let's let's, let's not put, let's not put it in that. This is all theory. I mean, like it, we're yeah. just going on the fact that it's happened on Dolph Ziggler numerous times now. I it mean, keeps it, getting more and more clear. This this could easily be him. He debuts at WrestleMania. This comes out. Otis beats Dolph Ziggler. Mandy slaps Dolph Ziggler. Goes with Otis. They have their relationship. And then you have the first feud for whoever this is. I'm still saying Killer Cross. Hmm. Could you? Could we be seeing as well? Yeah. Like this is sort of not irrelevant, but it's sort of a smaller sort of bit of it. Could we sort of see? Do you think a sort of the Mandy Rose role that Lita played towards the Hardy Boys after all this, towards Heavy Machinery. Like, she's she's Otis's girlfriend, but she's their sort of manager, manager. sort of slash... Yeah, I, I mean... go uh, anywhere. This, this, is, this, is how, this is how I would see it playing out. You have WrestleMania. You yeah. have Otis and Dolph Ziggler fighting. You have yeah. Mandy Rose in Dolph Ziggler's corner. Mainly just for Dolph Ziggler to rub it even more in Otis's face, but you have Tucker in Otis's corner to keep Mandy at bay. Yeah, yeah, but you're gonna have that gloating, right? Yeah. That's gonna throw Otis off, and that's gonna give Dolph Ziggler the upper hand. And I think that if Killer Cross is gonna debut, if it is Killer Cross or whoever it is, they debut, and we get the imaging on the screen. Yeah, of what's been going and on, and they might finally actually notice it. Sonya Deville involved. Dolph Ziggler involved, the ultimate portrayal. He's now focused on the fact that Mandy Rose is no longer going to want to be with him. She's going to like slap him. Otis gets the win. Dolph Ziggler loses Mandy. Mandy starts a feud with Sonya Deville. Dolph Ziggler starts a feud with the new guy. Otis has Mandy. Yeah. Mandy becomes Heavy Machinery's manager slash Otis's girlfriend. Mm. I feel like that is a solid way for the story to come to an end. Yeah. And it gives Dolph Ziggler a bit of relevancy. Yeah. Really, my only thing, I just... Whatever the the resolution, whatever the answer to this whole, you know, how, you know, this whole, Dolph, this whole angle, however it ends, I just want it to make sense. Because there's always the fear when they do a mystery angle, that WWE are going to just give a week or... Nonsensical yeah. answer. Or it's just going to end and that's it. Yeah. yeah. 
No so more. I just want a clean, clear answer. Right, I understand. I get why A works with B. They do X, Y, and Z together. That's all I want. That's yeah. all I want is for it to make sense. We, we want answers. The alphabet. <laughs> Next, we have Elias coming at SmackDown, seemingly with the intention to just rib on Corbin some more. Elias, as he always does, has a song. He's here to ridicule Corbin. Corbin comes out of nowhere to attack Elias and ends the attack by throwing Elias over a railing, knocking him off a perch to the floor. This leaves Elias to be tended to by medical a medical team. And it's... Yeah, so this is really ramping up to... A nice little feud. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen someone thrown off a balcony. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was... It, it was well done. It was... It, like, literally, yeah. I think... That the way Elias fell off that balcony, you weren't meant to fall off. Like, like that. Like, literally. You saw him fall off, off this balcony, yeah. Listen, there was no padding. Nothing. It was pure and utter concrete. Straight on his back. Bang. And he did not move. But if that was intentional, then that's... That's the thing. Sometimes it's hard to tell what's really good selling and what's an accident. Yeah. I know. But think of that, yeah. Think yeah. Of that. You, can't, you can't fall that high onto concrete, flat on your back, mm. and, and, and land safely. Well, I hope he's all right. I hope he's all right. Yeah. But, but to WrestleMania me, hopes he's all right. <laughs> we can't have more matches going to shit. To me, he did not move once he hit that floor. Mm. Next, we have another match with Asuka versus Alexa Bliss. What a match. Listen, let me tell you what. Alexa Bliss was amazing in that match. She could not do a thing wrong. It was so good. The, the, the offence that, that Alexa Bliss was pulling off was unreal. I'm thinking, right, this is like a... New, do you know what she was wrestling in, like, in my eyes? She was wrestling in, like a new superstar trying to prove herself. She elevated. She probably Nikki Cross made that match for me. With guest commentary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nikki guess commentary, Cross. The way she's she just amazing. Just, the way she just kneeled on the table, yeah. She was just kneeling on the table. Yeah, Michael Cole. This he didn't seem he, too happy. He 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 couldn't wait. Social distancing. Yeah, <laughs> she's way, too close. The way he said that, he, she cuddled him, and he was like social distancing, just like that. And he's like, he's like, he went to her at one point, and I laughed. He went, he went, he went. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> the question that's been on our mind ever since Nikki Cross debuted like, in the WWE. Like, what is wrong with you? She goes, no, nothing. I've just had a bit too much coffee tonight. <laughs> oh, listen. Do, 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 listen, do, do, do listen. you know what? That's, that's what I love about Nikki Cross. Because if you hear Nikki Cross outside of WWE, when she gives interviews like on her personal life, there's an interview on YouTube that you can go when she was in NXT doing the sanity thing. And you can like actually hear her talking. She is nothing like the person she portrays on the show. That shows how good Nikki is. Yeah. We move on to the Firefly Funhouse. This was amazing. It never ceases to amaze me. The Firefly Funhouse ever. It never ever has a dull moment. Yeah. Bray Wyatt standing there talking about. You know the old stuff he was talking about, his WrestleMania, how how John Cena made The Fiend and all that. Yeah. Then he comes out with a blender. And he's got all these bottles next to him, yeah? He's got labels on them. 
can't remember the exact labels, but one's like paint. Put that in there. Uh, you can see all this like, red, like chili powder coming out. <laughs> and you got another one's like something else, something else, something else. Then he goes. Then the rambling rabbit comes out and goes, "Hey, Brett, what about the carrot?" So he goes, and gets the carrot. He goes, "Yeah." Throws it behind him. He goes, "Got one more ingredient." Puts the rabbit in there <laughs> and blends the rabbit into this orange juice. And he starts drinking this juice. Yeah, and it's comical. Because he's like, as he starts drinking it, he's like, not like that look he gives. Yeah. Yeah? It's almost like this juice is the ingredient to him changing to the thing. Hmm. It's like, it's the evolvement of it. You know what I mean? And he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like John Cena, like, ah, oh, yeah, you can beat me. But him. He's not beatable. All that is like probably like giving it. Listen, the old segment was funny because <laughs> he weren't in his normal room. So the pictures, the background, yeah, they were in different places. Okay. And you start seeing different pictures that you thought, oh, I didn't know he was there. Uh, do you know what? I didn't, I didn't notice that no. when I watched it. I, I, to be honest, I didn't I really pay attention. Yeah, like Bray captivates me when he talks. Yeah, no, he does. He captivates everyone when he talks. But you like to look at the surroundings because of the thing, because everything that goes on. That's fair. Because I like the thing is I like about it. Yeah, it's this really child-friendly sort of kiddie sort of thing. But it's an, an eerie, evil, eerie, yeah. like like thing. Like literally, I'm sitting there. I'm watching it from a screen. And I'm like this, like rubbing my arm thinking, you right, got goosebumps, goose yeah. Like this. this is scary, like, like imagine, imagine that being real life and, and knowing someone like that and knowing that he wants to fight you. I've always had that feeling with Bray Wyatt, though. not just the Firefly Funhouse character, like even the Bayou... To be fair, the cult leader yeah, sort of thing. Like, yeah, I've always, every time Bray Wyatt speaks, the hair stands yeah, up. Yeah, no, 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 that's true. Yeah. I've become a follower. Like I, I would be That's there with true. him. But I feel that Bray Wyatt's a lot more scarier now than yeah. he was then. He, he, he's got a... He, this character's more eerie. Uh, it, it it was fantastic. I love the Firefly Funhouse. And it just makes you think that we're going to... It's going to come pretty soon when we're going to see the end of this Firefly Funhouse. And you think to yourself, there's so much more things you can do with it. So it's worth knowing that this whole segment... Culminated in the announcement that the match between Cena and Bray Wyatt is going to be a Firefly Funhouse fun match, whatever, whatever that, that means. Now, now, listen. I don't want any spoilers on this. I don't want to know what We're it gonna is go into until WrestleMania, yeah? Because this, to me, is going to be really exciting. We're going to have Rambling Rabbit. We're going to have all them at ringside. We have all these toys, all these pictures. Oh, I think it's going to be great. I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. The oh. night closes off with the New Day and the Usos sort of going at each other for an opportunity to challenge Miz and Morrison at WrestleMania 36. Hey, hey. Oh, oh. Miz and Morrison watching from the announce table. I get right into that. I do. <laughs> that chart is just fair, captivating. To be fair, when I said to you, it was really annoying. And then and now I'm like, I'm like sort of singing with them. 
Miz and Morrison. Don't, don't get me wrong, it is annoying as hell, but it's, you, catchy. it's catchy. It's far too catchy. And I think that's the... That, that it's like a terrible pop song. Part of it. I mean, but Miz just Can has I a way of doing something? that thing. Because remember, I went off a tune in WWE for a while. Yeah? What does King of Parkour mean? Parkour? You know what parkour is, don't you? If I knew, I wouldn't ask. Parkour is um, an art form where people... How do I explain this? It... You know the people that can jump off buildings, land on other buildings and literally make... Like stuntmen. Every... Yeah. yeah. It's th- th- that. All that. What John Morrison can do. Like when he gets eliminated from the rumble when he just lands on things. Like that. that's what parkour is. Okay, cool. So yeah, so this match doesn't really go to plan. Eventually, Kofi has enough of Miz and Morrison shit-talking. The New Day go after the champions. And eventually, it just turns into chaos. And because the match just sort of ends, Michael Cole has to interject. Yeah, this gives me a sense. Do you remember? Do you remember? Come on, the laptop. Yeah. This gives me that sense. Can I have your attention, please? I have just been informed. By the mysterious general manager... Yeah, yeah no, listen, had that, but it's been going on for weeks, not just with him, with, like, going out to referees and then going, oh, yeah, yeah, all right, cool. It's, a, it's almost like the referees and the commentators make decisions. But, yeah, so it's basically announced to Cole. <coughs> it's basically announced to Cole and then the wrestlers brawling that Miz and Morrison, due to the inclusive result of the match, will now face both teams at WrestleMania in a ladder match. Triple threat ladder match. If all the reports are true in what I said earlier, i got to feel sorry for John Morrison. Yeah. Or the entire match well, in general. What, what rumours? The fact that Miz may have pulled out of WrestleMania due to coronavirus symptoms. It's hitting the WWE. We might not get a mania. No, he I can remember they've all been together. Yeah, but we've already had the mania. Mania's done. Oh yeah. Pre-recorded. Yeah, but you said that SmackDown was before Mania. Yeah, it's before Mania airs, right? They pre- was right. it recorded before Mania was? Well, recorded? yeah, because it's aired. The SmackDown that's supposed to air next Friday is before WrestleMania, but it's been recorded after WrestleMania. Okay, cool. That's. It's okay. proper confusing all this pre-recorded nonsense. But from what I from what I read, the Miz was one of the people that have pulled out that was pulled out of WrestleMania due to showing symptoms of coronavirus. So it's bad, Dan. Good show. Yeah, I mean, the, again, as we as we said, as we kind of talked about with Raw, they they're kind of trying to do the best with what they have. The, the, thing, the, the thing is as well, I, I, I shouldn't because it's not, but I looked at this as like the WrestleMania go-home show because I know that WrestleMania was going to be recorded. So I, I feel like... There's this weird disconnect where you know WrestleMania's happened, but it's still a week to go before you see it. Yeah, and there's yeah. still one more SmackDown to go, even though it's being recorded after WrestleMania. Oh, fucking stupid. It's... I don't know why they just don't do it normal. I know what everything that's going on, but still, you still got the resources and the people to do it normal. They wanted WrestleMania out there, so they had to do it this way, just before in case, anything else. before anything escalates. So, 
that's the whole reason behind this. And there's still the uncertain fact is if rumours are true, then this could be the last pay-per-view we get for a while. Yeah. So This could be the last event we get for a while. This is what I was saying earlier. No, we've but... still got the Raw. No, but yeah, but we'll have Raw and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's, a, it's an okay week. It, we really don't know what the future holds with WWE at the moment. With wrestling, with... We don't know what the future holds with anything. We no. Even with ourselves. Look, here we go, right? We've got one more week before WrestleMania gets aired. So we've got one more Raw, one more SmackDown. We might get some light shed. Possibly. We will find a way to keep viewers entertained. We will find content to bring out. I just want to say to everyone, like, obviously, you know, follow all the the guidelines, stay at home, stay safe, you know, wash your hands every regular basis and, you know, just look after your families, your friends, and make sure you help people in your community when you can. Because obviously, you know, we're in a world crisis at the minute and we all need to stick by each other. We all need to fight this together because we're all in this together. So, yeah, so I want to say to everyone is just be safe, stay well, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, stay safe. Until next time, I've been Hal. I've been Philosopher Jack. I've been Chaz. And we shall see you next time.